Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Will Morris. Thanks for being on the show, Will. Thanks for having me, Whitney. No, I'm honored to have you on the show. As an entrepreneur, Will focuses on solving problems, which works himself into the deals. His social syndication method shows followers how to leverage social media to gain the attention of deals and capital. He now focuses on syndicating great cash flowing assets, sharing his knowledge and helping others seek financial freedom. So Will, it's been an honor to get to know you and just a few conversations that I've had. I know we've related on a lot of different topics, and but uh, tell the listeners a little more about who you are, maybe where you're located and let's dive in. Okay. Well, thanks again for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you guys for watching his show as well. But I live in Knoxville, Tennessee. I was raised, me and Whitney was talking about, I was raised in Kentucky on a 300 acre farm after a divorce family and ended up getting split and had to move that way. Raised working tobacco, worked my way back to Knoxville, Tennessee. From there, went into contractor after I flunked out of school, went into multifamily as a general contractor, doing the value ads, worked my way into syndication and then, or, or worked my way into importing. And then from there on up into syndication. But uh, that's kind of in a nutshell, which we'll dive into it here shortly. Yeah. So from contractor to syndicator, you know, tell me a little bit about why did you want to get into multifamily syndication from being a contractor? Well, it actually fell into it. So like I said, I went three years for civil engineering and in my fourth year in place of my fourth year i had an opportunity to do a quick internship and so i jumped into it uh, it was actually a 12-month internship to see if i really liked it. after about nine months i said this is not for me and i quit and the only other thing that i really had because i was married i married young i had a kid my first child young and, and so i had obligations and i was like look i've got to go to work and so having sort of a you know an entrepreneur mind and also a builder mind i guess or whatever i knew i could make money with my hands Went out and got my GC license, and from there, I was introduced into multifamily. I didn't have a, never thought about it, didn't have a clue about it, but one of the pliers for a, for now what I know is value adds, introduced me to some owners and said, hey, here's a GC that could help you on on doing your, your value adds for, you know, when they buy the property, same thing that we're doing nowadays. So anyway, just kind of fell into it, and from there, I worked into, uh, constantly watching, being very entrepreneur minded and just being aware of my, my situation and my surroundings. I seen that there was uh, people, you know, basically they were dropping off 20, 30, 40 units worth of cabinets and different things. Whereas it was taking me and my crews two weeks to turn a unit for the value add. So I'd seen that opportunity, started exploring it, looking into uh, importing or come to find out about how they were importing large quantities for these value adds. And so I just jumped into it. I jumped into it, started learning, studying, you know, everything I could. From there, I started winning some deals. I went right back to the people that I was contracting for. I said, hey, look, I'll supply it as well as install it and just really give them a, a no-brainer deal to go with me. And I leveraged them to be able to get access to uh, closer to them is what ended up happening. I ended up working with their acquisition teams. And from there... That's where I really seen the next opportunity, which was syndicating. I seen who was making the money is what it boiled down to. <laughs> I started seeing their numbers. I was like, man, I'm, I'm out here doing this for $400 a unit. You're making a killing. So 
So I started started researching that, became friends with acquisition teams for those syndicators and operators. And from there, really just started researching more and pursued that. <laughs> so Okay. So, you know, you've seen an opportunity, right? You've seen an opportunity. But tell me, you know, moving into the syndication business, did you start working for that team then? Did somebody on that team become like a mentor? How did you learn the syndication business to be able to get in? Well, part of it was, uh, I, I wouldn't say it was like a direct mentor. You know, they did, I don't think they had the mindset that they were, you know, mentoring. But I mean, I was supplying, we call them components. So like your cabinets, your granite, your hardware, light fixtures, plumbing fixtures. I was supplying those for some of the nation's largest, still today, largest multifamily operators, syndicators. And so by working with them, you know, they have full acquisition teams. These guys, you know, you got underwriters that are gurus. You got, you know, people that they, they'll source different things that they'll, they'll do their due diligence. And I don't think they directly knew what they were doing. But for me, just being like a sponge and just soaking it up, yeah, they were mentors for me. I never actually went to work for them in that role, but I was constantly, you know, I'd get their cell phone and I'd just, I'd blow them up. Hey, what about this? What about that? And I was using their deals as examples, like if I was buying them. So I kind of put myself in the situation of those syndicators and owners and operators and, and was basically playing, doing role play to where like, you know, I, I basically, I bought thousands of units, you know, in my head, but asking them those kind of questions as if I was actually buying it and stuff. And then, and then also asking them why they didn't buy things and, you know, why they didn't pursue this property or that property. And, you know, basically it was a mental game for me. I was just really soaking it up, really trying to leverage the situation that I was in in order to put myself, you know, cause I knew what I was wanting to, I seen right up front. I was like, look, that's what I'm going to start doing, you know? And then, and it's not just multifamily. There's other opportunities out there that I'm working on that are the same model, but the reality here is when I said, okay, today's the day I'm slowing down on the importing so I can have more time to focus on, you know, the syndicating, finding deals, you know, I'm going to go out and talk to this broker and this guy and, you know, find this deal and do this. Well, I found out really quick that, you know, with little capital, no knowledge and no experience, you know, you get thrown on your butt really quick and they tell you, you know, they laugh at you. I had so many brokers, different people laugh at me and just tell me that, you know, this is a big boy's game. And, you know, and I, and I always had to mentality. I was like, look, sir, you had to start somewhere, you know? And, That's right. And my biggest thing too, was I was going after large assets. I mean, because the guys that I was learning from were doing a hundred plus, 200 plus unit you know, assets, really, I mean, really, they wouldn't look at anything less than 150 units for the most case. So I was mimicking what I learned, you know what I'm saying? Like I was trying to do exactly what they did. I basically used their model as my model. And so tell me about your first deal. How did you get into the first deal? Well, I didn't. So that's the thing is like I was out and I was trying to find a deal. I was trying to find different things and I just couldn't, nobody would give me an opportunity. So what I did is I, I said, well, you know, I've got a message here. I've got something to say. I've got something to do. I need to get it in front of people. And so that leads me to where I am now is it basically I seen that there was a problem that unless you're within those networks that of years and relationships that, that, you know, that they've built over years and these relationships and that, you know, it's their network that allows them to be able to go out and source deals and, and source capital and different things. You know, for me, I had to be resourceful. And so what I did is I basically took to social media and was like, Hey, look, I'm looking for a deal. I'm looking for capital. I just started putting it out there. And what happened is I ended up getting somebody with, with that had a deal came to me and said, Hey, I've got a deal and I need some capital. We see what you're doing. And, you know, if you can help us raise some capital, then we can help you. And so that's basically kind of what happened is, is I ended up getting a couple of people that had a couple of good deals and 
they needed help raising capital or gaining attention for that deal. And so that's what I did. I basically leveraged their deals in order to promote it, put it out there. And I was up front. I wasn't saying that this was my deal or anything. I was saying that this is my partners or our team deal. And, and which is true, you know, because if you're in on the GP, then it's, it's your team. So I leveraged other people's deals to gain even more attention and more attraction. And what that did is that ended up becoming my credibility. So I was able to leverage that. I was able to raise some capital too, believe it or not. I was able to raise the capital, raise some capital for them. Now, those deals ended up not closing, but it wasn't because of capital or the deal. It was one of the other many problems that can happen in a, in a multifamily deal. So, but it, it proved my strategy that you, know, you can gain attention without having the experience and the capital and all this stuff. But, but you, so how, what were you doing to gain attention? What was it you were to tell us well, a little about this, uh, you know, the social syndication stuff. What I was doing there is, you know, I did research it. So I wasn't blindly going out. I knew about the SEC and different regulations that are out there. And so what I was doing is I was coming from an educational standpoint. I was coming from a, you know, Hey, I've got this deal and look how good it looks. Uh, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't asking for capital. I wasn't asking for partners. I wasn't asking for anything. I was just giving, you know, I was really basically kind of educating over the deal. I was talking about how I would value add this is I, you know, well, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And so I was just giving a breakdown of the deal and, and just really giving value out there, sharing it. And what happened is, you know, sort of the hidden benefit of that. A lot of people underestimate you might think that you're giving away your nuggets or giving away your special sauce. But in reality, what you do is you're showing your expertise. And so that attracted people. They came, you know, they ended up coming to me and saying, Hey, I seen that you obviously know what you're doing, the way you were talking about this deal and the way you were talking about value. I never thought about that. And, you know, you got your own in-house import, you know, we, we really like that. And, and so it ended up attracting those people just through educating about the deal through sharing, you know, how you're going to work out stuff. And, and it became kind of like the podcast for you here is it become like my thought leadership platform. So, you know, can you elaborate more on like what you were sharing, where you were sharing it? You know, how did you connect with people? Well, I kept it simple. I mean, at the time, you know, now I've got a studio and then I've got all kinds of other stuff that's all fancy. But in reality, you don't need that. I mean, when I started out, I literally I took my phone and got an iPhone and an iPad. Well, I took my phone and I recorded a first little bit looking at myself saying, hey, I'm Will, and I just got this deal. It was in Oklahoma, and, and it's this and this and this. Let me show you. And then I stopped it. I went to my iPad, and I did a screen share, and I just went over the offer, the, the memorandum. I just kind of went over it, talking about it, went over kind of the, you know, our, our CapEx and what we were planning to do for the value add, and, and kind of went over, so, you know, the pro forma, just, just basically reading it, going over it, but elaborating on it as well. And then I shared that to, uh, you know, really everywhere. People ask me all the time, they say, well, what's the best channel? What's the best, you know, network or platform to be on right now? And in reality, it, it's everywhere. If you can transcribe something, because some people like to read, some people like to watch. So it'd be a blog post like on medium.com or a video on like YouTube. And then of course, you know, you got Facebook and, you know, Facebook might be a, a snippet. Uh, you got you uh, Instagram, people, LinkedIn is phenomenal right now. I mean, it's a great network to be on. It's great uh, organic reach, but at the same time, you got to be, you know, posting some decent content as well. But really, that was it. So I would do that stuff, educate, and I'd keep it simple. Like I said, uh, one of the best videos I had was literally in front of a apartment complex talking about value on a different level as far as the labor rates. You know, I was talking about a lot of people don't think that if you go into a hot market, you know, it's a real good market and uh, the economy's growing and, and jobs are growing and all that stuff. Well, guess what that does to your value adds is your labor prices go up. So 
you know, I was coming from a contractor when I was out doing the value ads and I was sourcing, say, plumbers to change out your traps or your supply lines on your sinks and your, and your vanities. Well, they don't care if you're in a 200 unit apartment complex or if they're out here working on, uh, they got a builder paying them, you know, to do 12 full houses. Really the price on the, on the residential is better. So you're competing with that. And so that was one of my best videos was literally just taking out my phone and talking about, you know, say, Hey, you might want to think about these really high growth markets. You might want to look at the labor prices more so than the, the components. And so that one there was phenomenal. You know, that was able to reach out. And then I shared it on, of course, you know, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. So, so what happens then? People see that and then, then they're reaching out to you or they're messaging you. Or do you have some kind of call to action at the end? No, I don't really put calls to action out there because, again, like I said, I'm not really selling or anything. What you're doing is you're gaining attention because attention is the new currency. And so if you can leverage your knowledge or, you know, I got three little words here. It's, it, you either want to entertain, engage, or educate. So if you can educate somebody, which is phenomenal, if you can engage with them, hey, what do you think? How are you thinking? Or if nothing else, if you don't know the other two, just be funny, you know, be entertain them. <laughs> and what you're going to do is you're going to gain attention. And once you have people's attention, then you can start leveraging it into, hey, you might want to check out this deal I've got or, or, hey, we're three shy. We got three spots left on this $3 million raise or something. So, you know, but you have to, I warn you there and, I, and I'll do all the disclaimers, you know, you really need to talk with the, you know, an attorney or check out the SEC. I'm not telling anybody to go out and just start soliciting everywhere for capital. But what you do is you gain attention. You know, you leverage these platforms to gain the attention because that's where it's at. You know, you've got to go where the attention is. And so you leverage these platforms to gain that attention. And once you have their attention, then you can start directing or filtering however you see fit. So I like that. Uh, entertain, engage, educate, because most people really just feel like it's this this big thing that, you know, we're too scared to get started doing, right? You know, some type of platform, some type of social media presence. And, and so they don't know where to start. And I like how, you, you know, it doesn't have to be education. You know, if you're just getting started, maybe you don't feel adequate yet to educate people, but there's still things that you know about the real estate business. You know, even if you've just been reading books, there's still things you know that a lot of other people don't know. Absolutely. And, you know? and something else that I, I do as well is, you know, especially because I mean, I've been in this, like I've been in multifamily for probably eight, a little over eight years now, but it's not all been in syndication. And so what I focus on as well is having a team, just like you're talking about, Hey, we're in the SEC over here, so I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna give it a football analogy. But to me, it's like football. There's a reason why you have a quarterback. There's a reason why you have a, a tackle and a and a you know a tight end, a receiver, a running back. It's because they're experts at what they do. And for me, you know, I'm up front with everybody. I say, hey, look, I'm not the best at underwriting, but you know what I am the best at? I am the best at going out and getting the the experts in those fields and bringing them in on the deal to where everybody's benefiting. You know what I'm saying? So it's not, to me, I don't think that I, and I may be crazy on this, but in my opinion, you don't have to have the expert team before you do the deal, nor do you have to have the expert team on salary. You know, I've talked to some guys and they're like, I just can't find a good underwriter. It's like, well, there's tons of them out there that are great underwriters that will, you know, 400 bucks, they'll run to write a deal for you or something. You know what I mean? So right. they don't have to be part of your team, but what you do need to be a, you know, the definition of syndication is the pooling of a general interest for a, you know, similar interest. And so to me, that's not just capital. That's not just deal flow. It's not just, you know, the value add. It's everything, you know, as a syndicator, you need to be pulling together 
expert knowledge. You need to be pulling together capital. You need to be pulling together deal flow. You need to be pulling together your marketing. I mean, there's a ton of it. There's a lot to it other than just, you know, a lot of people get caught up in the capital and the deal, but there's more to it than that, in my opinion. But give me a couple of team members that are very important to you, to your team. Underwriting is it. Here's what I do. And this is, I recommend this for everybody is to really think about yourself and what your strengths are. So for me, one of my weaknesses is kind of underwriting. I mean, I understand it and I can do a quick analogy, but to get in depth and, and dig into those numbers, it's not me. It's it just, you know, I'm more of a hunter. I go out and I hunt capital, hunt deals, network and, and find people and make those connections, build that following. That's me. You know, I love this stuff. I love meeting new people and network. But so what I recommend is for everybody to think about your strengths and, and your weaknesses and find people that compliment you to make a whole team, if that makes sense. So think of it like 100%. And if you're, you know, 60% outgoing and this and that and everything, but 40%, you know, you're not so good at numbers, then find somebody that has that, that, you know, 60% is your 40%, so to speak. And, and so what you do is you find a complimentary team surrounded around you as your strengths and weaknesses. So for me, it's definitely underwriting the, I, and you could probably relate to this, but like when you do the editing and when you get to promoting content and, and moving this much stuff, doing the editing and the video editing and the audio editing and, and putting all that stuff together, again, it's, it's just not my strength. I'm like a too much entrepreneurial endeavors going on to where I get about five minutes into it and I'm like, oh, you know, something, else, <laughs> something exciting over here. So yeah, I, I, I tell people we've done over 400 shows. I've never edited the first piece of audio or video content absolutely. And, don't, and I don't want to. I don't I don't even know how. So well, that's great. It's, it's from and, building and, a great team. Absolutely. And, and that's the thing. And even that, you know, there again, you can find people on Fiverr.com. You can find people on Upwork.com that can do those things for you for a real, you know, a decent price to where, you know, there's no reason anybody should be holding themselves back uh, from, you know, oh, I can't do this or I can't do that. I mean, nowadays there's the connectivity of the world, the internet, and this may be, you know, I'm 32, so this may be the millennial coming out in me, but, you know, you can reach anybody and anything nowadays if you just have the drive, you know, the, the willpower. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, so, Will, what's been the hardest part of the syndication process or journey for you? The hardest part for me is the fact that I'm married with three kids and I still have a house or I have a house. I have truck payments, car payments, schools, you know, you know that we, everything that we have to pay for is that especially get, you know, getting into something like this, it don't matter if it's syndicating or starting a new business or anything, it's starting something new. And when you do that, for me, the biggest burden is that I have what I call now money and I have future money. And, and for me, what that means is that I'm still a general contractor. I still have my import business. I'm still, I believe I'm a commercial realtor and I could go out and make really, really good money right now. But what it does is it takes away from my focus of, you know, my legacy, my, my wealth for my generational wealth that I really honestly believe that is embedding in multifamily or, or syndicating the, the, the real estate, you know, real estate is the true, to me, it's just, I believe in it so much. So for me, the hardest thing is saying, okay, delegating, you know, do I go out and make some money today to pay the bills? Do I go out and, you know, invest time and money and resources into traveling and looking at this deal or looking at that deal? 
And so, I mean, that's the reality of it. I'm not trying to sit here and say that I'm some guru that, you know, makes $300 million a year. I'm not there yet. Uh, I will be. <laughs> that's my goal is to one day be, you know, as big as the biggest guy out there, if not bigger. But right now, the biggest hurdle for me well, even coming, I mean, up to this point, the biggest hurdle is making sure that my family's taken care of, making sure my obligations, you know, because I had those obligations before I said, hey, I'm going to become a syndicator. You know what I mean? I it's a big that. time commitment. No doubt about it. And yeah, I like how you said that what, the now money and the later money or, yeah. you know, it's I can relate to that for sure. So tell me, how do you prepare for this potential downturn that everybody talks about? <laughs> Well, I tell you what I have done is I've, I've diversified a little bit away from multifamily as much. And, you know, it's, it, to me, I, I, I don't know how to explain it unless you've been in it. To me, I, I feel a little pressure. I call it market pressure or whatever. And, and these are crazy terms that I come up with all by myself. But I don't know if they're real terms or not. But to me, I call it market pressure. And you just got to be in it to feel it. And I, what I'm judging is the prices seem to be coming up. You know, the per door price seems to be coming up. You know, you're getting multiple bids. You know, we... we even, I mean, the first of the year, we had a lot of like uh, off-market stuff and it don't seem like you're getting any kind of off-market stuff now. So I'm actually diversifying a little bit uh, into uh, a similar, it's literally the same system, I guess you could would call it, same syndication, but it's into independent senior living. And uh, the only difference is, is if you're doing new construction, you got a little bit of a carryover there at the front just before it stabilizes. But looking into, you know, independent senior living, uh, I hate to say like the storage stuff because I'm looking at it, but I'm not in there. <laughs> so I just, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm trying to diversify a little bit. I don't want all my eggs in one basket, but I do want to stay with the same syndication process and that system. Cause I really, I'm a firm believer in how that works how you're able to pull other people's money, you know, how to leverage other people's expertise and, and for a general gain. So also looking at some tax stuff too, some, some using some bond deals to buy multifamily properties for low income housing. So three or four different things that I'm looking at sure. in anticipation that something's going to happen. And the way I look at it is it, things keep going, you know, cause I, I'm not a fortune teller. I'm not one of these hoodoo guys where if the economy keeps doing great, then I'm going to do great. If it does go down, then I still feel like these are trends, you know, like especially in the affordable housing, I still feel like it's it's going to be okay. So uh, that's kind of my play. <laughs> no. So we just have a couple minutes uh, before we have to go, but tell me what's a way you've recently improved your business that we could apply to ours? Uh, the biggest thing I'm telling you is just push, push, push on social media, gain attention. That attention is going to connect you to people. It's going to grow your network. It's going to connect you to capital. It's going to connect you to deals. It's going to connect you to great people doing great things. And it goes back to your circle of influence. What, what's your best advice for caring for investors? Um, transparency, be honest. You know, we were talking about being from Eastern Kentucky and small towns, Eastern Kentucky, you know, if you're not honest, they'll find out real quick because everybody knows everybody. So, you know, I'm just a stickler for being honest, whether it's good or bad. A lot of people don't want to be that bear of bad news, but at the end of the day, you know, that's the reason why you're an entrepreneur. It's not always sweet tarts and rainbows. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's hard and somebody's got to be willing to put on your big boy pants and go out there and deliver the good or bad news, good to bad and ugly. <laughs> What's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? I would say confidence. Having the gall to jump on an interview like this with you, I've uh, got an event I'm speaking at in December, you know, having the gall to jump out there and, and speak on a stage and, you know, having the gall to call somebody, just people build it up in their head that it's this big deal. But in reality, I mean, just have the confidence, go boldly and you'll reap the benefits. And tell us how you like to give back. 
the, what I'm doing here. I don't, uh, anybody can, can message me, call me, whatever. Uh, well, I'm going to say call me all the time, but you can message me anytime you want to reach out. I'll help you in any way I can. I don't care if it's putting up hay or if it's helping you syndicate or raise capital for $30 million. I'll help you any way I can. Uh, I had some people that helped me and I had some people that didn't help me on my journey. And honestly, the people that didn't help me inspire me more to help others than the people that did because they were in some great positions to help me and they, and they didn't because they were snooty and just didn't want, didn't want to share. And I'm not one of those guys. I want to, I want everybody to be successful. There's enough money in this world for everybody. So no shortage of money. I appreciate your time today, Will, and sharing with us. I appreciate how you laid out many things, but even the entertain, engage, educate, and just, you know, making it simple so people can like get out there and get their platform started in some way. And I talk to people about that a lot as well. So I, I can't agree with you more, but thank you again. Tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you. Really social media, please reach out on social media. That's the best way. I think it's at Hey Will Morris is sort of my handle on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. You can just search Will Morris, LinkedIn, search Will Morris. It's M-O-R-R-I-S and just reach out to me, message me. Let's connect. We can set up a call and go from there. Awesome. Thanks, Will. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.